WRKS Pickens Jackson. We are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. And just like that, it's hour two. Welcome in to hour number two in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. I'm Matt. Beaver is here. Y'all are here. We got a show. So here we go. Another hour of it here. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Check them out at cspire.com. Hey, listen, if you texted or commented on the live stream in the first hour thank y'all so much i really appreciate you listening being a part of the show uh, it's really cool to see your questions comments opinions otherwise and you might have noticed that here we are in the slap dab middle of the you know early part of the football season and uh, there's a lot of reaction out there and so if i missed yours we, we we've read them and they were trying to keep up okay so there's no intentional skipping of messages and comments and that kind of thing just we got a pretty high volume right now. It's fun. It's fun. So, and a reminder, if you want to be a part of the show here in hour two, it'd be great. Call me on the Divinity phone. Number to call, 995-1059-601 number. 995-1059. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact. It means they've been doing it better longer than anyone else right here at home at Divinity. Text me, 885-3776. That's a country-pleasing text line. If you're on the live stream there, watching on YouTube or Facebook, just type in a comment, post it, and I'll see it right here on the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com. That's M-U-R-R-Y, murraywest.com. Contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi, going all the way back to 1996. Custom apparel, whatever it is, they can uh, put what you want on there. Go check it out. And look them up on uh, Instagram also if you haven't seen that, at Murray West Official. Anything you need embroidered, printed, clothing, hats, promotional items, go there first. Trust me. You'll be glad you did it. Speaking of, got a comment from Julie here on the uh, Murray West Live thread. She's on Facebook. Said, Jet is such a class act. Yeah, no doubt about it. Jonathan agrees. Jet uh, is a is a class act, and uh, he's a heck of a ball player too. Becky is wondering uh, if SEC Nation might have Jet and Buki Watson, Nathaniel Watson, on their show Saturday. I don't know unless they recorded ahead of time. I doubt they would do something live with the players for you know a show like that in the morning when they're going to play an 11 a.m. game, unless it's like an on the field deal, but. Generally, you know, game day, especially early game, players are going to wake up and they're they're locked in, tunnel vision, headphones on, getting into game mode um, uh, on the way to the stadium. Will brings up an interesting point. He said, I'm glad that SEC Nation is coming to start with this weekend, but I'm a little surprised that they're skipping Tennessee, Florida. Yeah. Where is that? Where is Tennessee, Florida? Is it in Gainesville now, this year? It is, isn't it? It's in Gainesville this year, right? Hmm. See, and you know, Will, they, you know, I, they have plenty of funds. Right? They, they got plenty of gas money over at the SEC Network. They do. But when you think about it, 
they just went to Tuscaloosa this past weekend, SEC Nation. They're all right there. The equipment, all the trucks, all the engineers, everybody, they're 90 miles away. It's a lot easier trip. Just go 90 miles down Highway 82 this week, spend all week setting up nice and easy as opposed to having to drive all that stuff all the way to Gainesville. So they might have been just saving a little gas money on this uh, <laughs> decision to go over to state. Probably plan that out ahead of time. Thanks for the comment. Coming to your text also. All right. Head over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Highway 51 Madison, Spring Ridge Road in Jackson. Drive on by there, you see those orange Kubota tractors and skid steers. and You'll see the yard full of trailers and mowers and zero turns. That's Divinity. Go in there and tell them I said, hey. Rooster called on line one. What's up, Rooster? Hey, can I ask a question first? Yes, please. Point spread, kickoff. What time? Uh, you talking about state and LSU? Yeah. Uh, kickoff is 11 a.m. on ESPN. As far as point, point spread, I don't have the slightest, foggiest idea. <laughs> but I would imagine it's well, LSU. I would imagine it's LSU. Everybody I've heard say anything about this game Basically, does not give state a shot. So I would imagine that's no, of course favorite. not. No, but listen, I, heard, I don't want to be negative because I'm not an expert. Although I played a little football, um, pro football, um, I heard the Arizona guy, and I partially agree with him. But and I think Matt White knows this. Will Rogers is not an RPO quarterback. No way, never will be. Uh uh-uh. uh Big mistake. Okay. Will Rogers running the ball is a nightmare. He okay. needs to chunk it or hand it off. He doesn't need to run the ball. That's pretty clear after four years. Okay. And I love the guy on my prayer list. He's a great quarterback, but he's not an RPO quarterback. Clearly, when he runs the ball, bad things happen. Okay. He's got to chunk it or turn it off. So, so, so the premise there, and I think I could go along with it is that if you have Will in there and you run some sort of RPO type of deal, then the option that usually comes with it where a quarterback can keep it and run really is not much of an option, and it doesn't really threaten the defense. They're not really worried about that part of the play that he might keep it himself. Uh, of course. Right, that's what you're saying. And I go along with that. Right, so so here's the other side. Hold on, here's the other side of that rooster, and I think you would agree with this too. And and again, it's I'm not trying to pick, keep picking at them for this past game where they only threw it 17 times. But I think we could also say that overall, if Will Rogers is your guy at quarterback, and that's who you're using, then he's not a threat to run it. He is a threat to at times read your whole field coverage and throw passes and make first downs and he can his threat is with his ability to complete a high number of passes. Well, then you got to call more passes. Don't you agree? Sure. Yeah. See, I I think it's it's very elementary. We can make it sound easy cuz you know I don't have to sit here and be specific as to what passes in what situation and how we're going to call it, how we're going to practice it. And that's the hard part, and that's why they're paying them to do it. 
But with everything that I understand about that game the other night and about the offense so far, I can't really untether myself from the idea of if you're going to run Will Rogers out there and he's your guy, you have to build a good heavy portion of your offense around his ability to throw the ball. You just got to do it. And maybe what we've seen for two weeks is learning something about themselves and their ability to run the ball because prior to this year they didn't have any really idea about their ability to run the ball. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's been a fact-finding mission. And maybe this week against LSU he airs it out and throws it 30 times and completes 22 for 300 yards. But that's kind of what I want to see uh, and, uh, and I'm hoping to see. All right, look, Rooster, I totally took that over and started yapping. I, so go ahead if you got a, other thoughts there. You know, I agree with you. And, again, I don't want to be negative. You know, I'm, I'm a Bulldog fan who likes the Rebels, too. But it, it could be that quarterback, clearly, from Arizona, that might be most of the problem. And then second, it could be, and I'm going to shut up, it could be that there's nobody to catch it. Somebody's got to catch the ball if you throw it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have confidence they're going to catch it. So that might be it. A combination of those two things, maybe. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll know more Saturday at 11 o'clock. We will know a lot more. Start with about 10 o'clock. Holy cow. All right. Watch out for those uh, Watch out for those police sirens come flying through there just now. Maybe hope they're not after you. Well, I'm coming on a bike. That's the hard part. Yeah, well. So they won't get, the car, so they won't get you for speeding, then. Okay, good. <laughs> no, All right. No, they won't get you for speeding. Right. God bless. God bless you. Appreciate the call, Rooster. Yeah, I heard that, too. Does it not Hey, Beaver, does it not seem that just about every time Rooster calls us, we hear sirens in the background? <laughs> Do you notice You know what? Yeah, now I do. Now I have. <laughs> I mean, we definitely heard it that time. But I know I've noticed it before. I mean, he's called us before, and it sounded like he was not standing near a railroad track. No, it sounded like he was on a train. And then, yeah, I don't know. And if you remember, a while back, he called and was talking about how many times he's been shot. <laughs> yes, he did. He talked so. Let's let's now break this down. I'm glad you mentioned that because I hadn't thought about it. So multiple calls, sirens blaring in the background. Yep. One call telling us he's been shot on more than one occasion. <laughs> Nobody hang out with Rooster. I'm telling That's, you. Sounds dangerous. Hey, and he also just there in that call, I don't know if you caught it, but in that call he told us, I played a little football, and then he paused and he went pro football. Did you hear that? No. Yes. He just said that. He said, I played a little football back in the day. Pro football. <laughs> okay. Well, now let's uh, – he's running up all this stuff now because you mentioned that. He said he played, played pro football. And one time he called and said he could drive the ball, what, like 400 yards or something? Yeah. And golf? Yeah. That's it. He said he hit his three-wood 300 yards. I said, no, you don't. Yes, I do. No. I'm like, I'm like Rooster, no, you don't. Trust me, you don't. He swore he did. <laughs> what I'm saying is, on a, on on an, on occasion, 
on occasion, uh, the local pro at your golf course that owns the club record and can go, you know, and he's like a negative handicap. He can go out here and break par whenever he wants to. That guy, on occasion, he might roll his three wood out there somewhere near 300 yards. (laughs) The rooster ain't doing that. Maybe he meant that he used to. (laughs) Rooster, we, we appreciate you, man. We're just having fun. That's all. Uh, I'm going to do some more messages here, lots of comments. Uh, coming up, we're going to hear some of the things that some of the coaches said in their press opportunities, and most of them go on either Mondays or Tuesdays, just depending on what school, what schedule. They have weekly press conferences. So like Lane Kiffin talking about the Tulane win and talking about the last time they played Georgia Tech. Zach Arnett talking about, you know, uh, defense versus offense and, playing LSU, Nick Saban about how they're going to rebound after Tech, all that stuff, and I've got some of that coming up for you here in the show, but uh, still your comments coming coming up right now. So on the Country Pleasing text line, someone says, what's the latest on Spivey? Jorquarius Spivey, tight end transfer from TCU who used to play at State, went to TCU, now he's back at State. Says, will they ever flip the original decision and allow him to play this season? He could help this offense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they have any hope remaining of getting him eligible this year. I just don't know. You know, it seems that seems that they were working their fannies off on it, trying to get it done before the season. And when that didn't happen, it was like, well, there's not much else we can do. But you know, we shall see. Denzel Texas show and says, Matt, you might want to check on Philip Prince. His Leak Academy Rebels came to Union this Friday and left with a whooping 49 to 21. They are still searching for their first win this year. You know, Denzel, I'm glad you told me that. Godfather Prince, the Prince of Neshoba County. I'm sorry, Leak County. <laughs> which which county is it? Prince? We need to sit down over some chickenless pot pie and talk over talk this through. Um, more bully saying that he thinks college game day may be at Tennessee and Florida. I don't know where they're going this week. And frankly, my dear, I don't <laughs> give a flip. I hadn't watched game day in a long time. It is a big old pile of if you ask me. It has been for several years now. Um, Matt, let me tell you where game day is because it's an Odd choice to me. Okay, all right. They're at Colorado, Colorado State. Oh, the Dion effect. Yeah, now, okay, <clears throat> I can understand you picking a Colorado game, but with Oregon a week away. Yeah, why not that one? <laughs> why did you pick, yeah, Colorado State? Colorado State is loose. Yeah. Well, I guess rivalry game. It is weird, though, that Colorado, Colorado State play each other in week three or whatever it is. <laughs> not week one, not the last week, but week three. I don't know how that – yeah. You know, it probably is a reactionary pick, isn't it? They're 2-0. and We didn't necessarily expect to see this. There's, you know, Shadur is a legit Heisman candidate. They're, they're going to be 3-0, and aren't they? I mean, that's the thing. 
And then we'll see if anybody else can pop their bubble later on down the road. Let's see. Possum Neck Joe texted the show, and he said, LSU giving up nine and a half points. If you have a house, he says, bet it on LSU. That's what I'm talking about. I hadn't seen anybody anywhere giving State any chance whatsoever in this ballgame. And if I were in the locker room, my teammates would never hear the end of it. This They'd be telling me to shut up, Matt. We heard you the first time. <laughs> we got no chance. Here it is, boys. Pin it on the wall. Hey, Jet. Bookie. Y'all stink. That man's going to score 45 points on you. Nothing you can do about it. <laughs> That's what we'd be hearing all week. Uh, somebody says the Bulldogs have been sandbagging. Well, if they are, it almost was a monumental mistake. <laughs> okay? <laughs> That's why I, I, I got a text from a friend. I think it was on Sunday. It might have been Monday. I think it was Sunday that said, um, hey, Matt, you think there's any chance they're kind of holding some stuff back to be – not to show it to LSU. And I said, well, let me just say this. If they were holding back, it almost got them beat because you went to overtime uh, with Arizona. Had to pull it out of the fire just right there at the end. Uh, back over to the phone lines, the Vinny Equipment phone line, Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona. What's up, Jason? Hi, Dr. Marsh. I wanted to ask you a question. Um, because uh, Deloro was he was awful Saturday when that game first started, yeah. and uh, it reminded me of uh, what was his name Jesse was it Jesse Palmer from Florida? Um, yes. After State whooped them, he was <laughs> talking about how the cowbells were ringing in his ear. He <laughs> <laughs> couldn't focus. It made me want to um, ask you: Have you heard anybody that? You know, any of your peer groups from other teams talk about how um, cowbells affected them when they first came to start. Cowbell, I have not. Um, Jason, I really haven't. You know, and over the years I've talked to guys that we played against for different teams, but I, I've never, that I can remember off the top of my head, had conversations where guys just candidly went, hey, man, those cowbells were too much. But, Jason, you have to also remember that I'm so old. Okay, that I played before all the stadium expansion. Like we didn't hold, but like yeah. maybe forty thousand people in the stadium when I played, and so there's there's a lot more in there now, and the noise stays in, stays in there a little more. And but I, I here's the thing, Jason, that they have said. Like I give you an example. I've had multiple times over the years where I'm talking to Cole Kubelik, and we're just kicking it around. You know, he was an Auburn offensive lineman uh, in mm -hmm. those years. And multiple times, he will just randomly bring it up. Hey, man, I hated playing against Willie Blade and Dorsett Davis and John Hilliard and that defense. They, I hated playing against them. They were so good. <laughs> so that's the thing that people brought up to me that we played against was how good our defenses were back there. They, they, did, they seldom bring up the cowbells, actually. All right, well, I, just want, I wanted yeah. to ask that because it was just something – yeah. I don't know why I thought of that, but yeah. he really looked like he was struggling there early. Yeah, and it, look, there's no question they are louder now than they were 25 years ago. Once you, once you, you know, the stadium, you had the east expansion, so the upper matched the west, and once they bowled in that north end zone, it's like a, 
It's like sticking your head between two symbols in there now. It's much different. All right. All right. Appreciate All right, well, it, Jason. I got listening. Okay. Thanks Go for ahead. the call. Thanks for the call on the Divini Equipment phone line. Sven is picking state. Now, he picked a similar score, I think, against Arizona. No, I'm t- I, Sven, you picked what? You had a blowout score, didn't you? You had like 40-something to 17 blowout of Arizona. Um, for LSU, he's picking State to win 31-24. And that's over here on the Murray West Live Threat. Sven, the big Bulldog fan who lives over in Germany and stays up late at night to watch my show on Facebook. <laughs> on YouTube, sorry. On YouTube, because I don't think he gets it on Facebook. <clears throat> so appreciate that, Sven. Yeah, that's right, Will. He predicted State to beat Arizona 45-17, and they got an, enough turnovers that if they had had a decent night offensively, that that about would have been the score. Uh, Bo Cephas texted the show, and he said Dorsett Davis and Toby Galladay were nasty. I mean, Kenwan Smith, number 99 in your program, number one in your heart at nose guard. He's about six feet tall. Nobody could get down there and block him. He'd spend all day in the backfield. John Hilliard, Dorsett, Toby, Willie Blade, Kevin Sluter, Alvin McKinley, Connor Stevens, Mario Hagen. <laughs> Just keep going on and on and on. It's about Jimmy's and Joe's and not about X's and O's. Hour two rolling along with you in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. It's go time. Let's go. With a Matt Show. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. All right, back with you. Coming to some of your comments on the Murray West live thread on YouTube and Facebook. If you're tuning in on the live stream, hey to y'all. Uh, first, though, here I got a uh, Chris on the Country Pleasing text line. And uh, Chris said, if you could add one player to this year's team, who would it be? Nick Fitzgerald, Bear Wilson, or Jeffrey Simmons? Well, look, it is so obviously Jeffrey Simmons. And that is not a knock on Nick Fitzgerald or Darunia Wilson. But Jeffrey Simmons, I mean, he is a game wrecker. High first-round draft pick defensive tackle. I mean, it ain't even, that's not even a lift. <laughs> it's a, I love those other two. And rest in peace, Bear. But it's Jeffrey Simmons. All day, every day. That's the answer to that question. Uh Beeve's former neighbor, Stephen, by the way, says on the Country Pleasing text line, I don't understand how anyone with a functional brain can wonder if we were holding anything back or playing vanilla when we're in a one-score game that's a must-win. That's a really good point. <laughs> it's a really good point. Uh, Denzel text, he is predicting dogs 27-24 this weekend in double overtime. That strikes me as a sarcastic prediction. But we'll take it, Denzel. You're one of the few Americans who are picking State this weekend over LSU. Uh, Ronnie says that he's going to give State a chance to win. The LSU secondary is where you need to attack, and he goes 28-21 State. 
in a squeaker in Starkville, 11 a.m. on ESPN. Keep in mind, LSU, same thing as last year, LSU lost the opener to Florida State, and they are on a mission. They can't, if you're LSU and you're their players, now listen, you know, LSU is no different than anybody else. They've got one heck of a payroll. <laughs> this is the NIL pay-for-play era, man. <clears throat> and there's very few that can grease it up like LSU can and has okay, over the years. They, some of them's livelihood is depending on not starting the season one and two. So LSU... They better, if you're in state, you better buckle your chin strap. They're not losing twice in three weeks on national television, right? Right? Because if they do, <laughs> the heads are going to start rolling in Baton Rouge. So state better get ready. All right, uh, still do have the sound bites from the coaches. I want you to hear some interesting stuff came out of those press conferences. First, though, Let's head over to the phone line, the Divini Equipment phone line. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, Jim, on line one. What's up, Jim? Matt White, hail state, beat those Tigers. Boy, I like your enthusiasm on a Tuesday, Jim. What's up? Just wanted to give you a quick call. I've been looking at the LSU roster on their linemen. I've found something kind of interesting of course, LSU offensive linemen roster, they're showing two seniors, four juniors, three sophomores, eight freshmen. On the seniors and juniors, none of those fellows are homers. Nobody from Louisiana. Huh. However, you got two folks from Louisiana sophomores, and five of the eight freshmen were recruited out of Louisiana. So there's a trend there, but they're experienced players. They didn't grow up playing football together like some of the Mississippi State players do. And when you look at the defensive line, you got pretty much the same thing. Two seniors, they're good players. Jordan Jefferson, number 99, Navarre, Florida. So there's no homers among the seniors. You got six juniors. Three of those fellas are from Louisiana, and they're three of their best players, number 96, Jalen Lee and uh, Jacoby Gilroy from Alexandria, Louisiana, but again in the freshmen, they recruited six men out of those eight freshmen right there in Louisiana. Two of the three sophomores are from Louisiana, so their new recruits are certainly being recruited local like we're used to seeing over the years, but the experienced players, I think we match up real good in terms of men that have been playing against one another and with one another, and they have that camaraderie and bond that we don't see a lot of the transfer teams have, except where there's strong leadership. Let's talk about that, and I see Mississippi State's going to take LSU. Maybe a close game, but I'm looking forward to it. Very excited. Thank, Thank you. you, Matt. Yeah, Jim, appreciate the call. That's interesting. So, and I guess it makes sense, you know, over the years, uh, the teams that recruited at the highest level and could draw you know, from the biggest or, or more broad geographical area, and then geography then sort of stopped making a difference. And then you get in the NIL and the transfer area, uh, era, which we are in, and the geography of your roster really doesn't even compute anymore, it doesn't seem. And so, yeah, you not quite as veteran as state, 
in terms of age of players and that kind of thing. But very talented, obviously. Obviously very, very talented at LSU. And kind of on a mission. They're in the same mode they were in last year at the time we played. And speaking of last year, uh, Will brought this up on the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com. Contract embroidery right here in the state of Mississippi and New Albany. Anything you need embroidered for you, know, you, yourself, your company, your business, your brand, your church, your organization, your team, go there. murraywest.com. It's M-U-R-R-Y. murraywest.com. Will said... Contain Daniels and don't drop punts. So he's he's referencing last year's game. You know, when State was up, what, 13-0 or 16-0 or something like that in Baton Rouge. So the whole LSU game last year got away from us when Austin Williams uncharacteristically dropped the punt. And that really is true. It seemed like you had momentum and kind of had some control going on until that moment, and then it started to slip away and ultimately did slip away for you. Piggly Wiggly Lee is feeling the other way about all this. He said 34-9, LSU. Sorry, Bulldogs, but LSU going to be playing mad. <laughs> That's good. All right, so let's get into some of these comments here and see what we have. Let's start off with uh, the aforementioned Mississippi State and LSU matchup this weekend. All right, so here's Zach Arnett. He's commenting at his press conference, Zach Arnett, head coach state, about what a win over LSU would mean and um, for the program. I think you get to hear the question also. How much that game means to kind of a lot of people around here. What would it mean for you, know, you guys from a recruiting base, for the brand, for you, know, you and helping put this program even more on the map to kind of get the win on Saturday, get a 3-0 start? What could that do for I leave I leave all that for you guys to write about, right? And for us, it means we're 3-0 and and 1-0 in conference. <laughs> That's all it would mean. 3-0 and and 1-0. You can figure out everything else it would mean. What about defensive philosophy? He talked about that. Our defensive philosophy, but I learned it from the guy I worked for and, and learned from. But we got a pretty simple one, right? And obviously number one is know what to do and how to do it. And that is, that is jet to a T, right? There is not a call that we make that he does not know exactly what to do, where to be aligned, where to have his eyes, and then exactly how to do based off what his key tells him. And if you're a, if you're a good football player and you can do all those things, you're going to have quite a bit of production. Led the, led the league in tackles last year. I mean, two interceptions and whatever his stat line was, I don't even know it off the top of my head, but he made some big-time plays in that game. That's how, that's how you define a good football player, right? What do they do actually do when they get their opportunities? And he sure, he sure made the most of his opportunities over the course of his career. That's Zach Arnett. Another state player, Will Rogers. So this is Brian Kelly, LSU's coach, commenting on Will Rogers, the QB. Well, his efficiency was, was high. It was 13 for 17. So, you know, they're going to put him in really good positions to throw the football. He's an accurate thrower of the football. They want to run the football, and, and that's, that's the change relative to their offensive structure. Um, but they were explosive when they threw it. And the design now is, is such that they're going to play to their defense and set up the run through play action pass, take shots down the field. Um, and, and I think it's going to really suit him. He's, he's extremely accurate. He takes care of the football. He's really smart. Um, so in, in the game that they played, um, you know, it, it really allowed them to 
pick their spots in terms of when they needed to throw the football. So that's Brian Kelly, LSU coach. He's watched the film of the uh, the Arizona game. He's talking to his media in Louisiana and talking about the change in state's offense. But there's a couple of things that jumped out at me, and I, I don't think this is Brian Kelly just – throwing things out there in a press conference. He's describing it because they've all been talking about it. But he said it in a way that we probably haven't described it here. One, he said they set up their run game through play-action pass. So you've got an opposing coach that sees two games under Barbe as you're not running the ball primarily and then picking and choosing play-action throws off of the run game, but he actually sees the inverse. He sees the the play-action throw stuff that you've put on film in two games and in the game, the stuff that you're doing, is to actually create stuff for the run game. I mean, that's, that's his words. That's Brian Kelly. I thought that was interesting. Hmm. What do you think about that? More of that. I got Kiffin. I got Saban. They all said some interesting stuff. All coming up next here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, go with the home team. Stick around. crave your sports. It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. All right, back with you. Time to wrap things up. Got a little bit of time left here today on this Tuesday together. So thanks for tuning in wherever, however. If you're on the live stream, you can drop a comment on the Murray West live thread. That's murraywest.com. Custom apparel. Contract embroidery, that's where you go if you need that sort of thing here in the state of Mississippi. And Becky commented in, on Facebook and said, Hail State, the state wins 28-17. They're going to be pumped because of the crowd. That's Becky. Thanks for your comment. Ross in on the Murray West live thread. He's on YouTube. Said LSU is going to be playing with a, sh- a chip on their shoulder. I promise you that. He said our last two games were very suspect, but should be a great 11 a.m. game. Go Tigers. That's the way I feel about it, too, the whole chip on your shoulder thing. And they were, they were good at um, using that to their advantage a year ago and, and, and not going in the tank after the LSU loss last year and then getting better and doing what they had to do. And eventually things turned out really nice for them, win the division, right? And um, said a lot about the makeup of their leadership, said a lot about their coaches and their head coach. And you can kind of feel uh, that. You certainly can, or I can anyway. All right, so back over to Coach's comments. Let's go with Kiffin. So they got Georgia Tech coming in there. Lane Kiffin was looking back at their win over Tulane this past weekend. He said that last year's team would not have won that game in that environment. Yeah, he probably got that from me. I said that in the locker room. Um, you know, I did, obviously don't have analytics to prove that, but I did – Feel the difference, <clears throat> you know that that may have not have happened a year ago. Um, 
And I just really felt during the game, you know, like the offense was struggling and the defense's attitude, like after the one turnover, you know, or after a third down stop, was like, all right, we got you. You know, it was a very, we got your back. <clears throat> we really challenged them before the game. You know, we tried to match what the other team supposedly does really well. And everybody said how hard Mercer played, you know. And so we told them, let's play harder. And then <clears throat> with these guys, the whole thing was Tulane, Tulane does a great job playing as a team. Unselfish, you know, really plays well as a team in order, you know, to beat USC. And remember that team at this time a year ago, I think, went into Kansas State and won. So <clears throat> the year before, went into Oklahoma and took them to the last play. So <clears throat> I thought it was cool that they did play as a team, come together um, in the second half. And like I said, going on 30 to 3 runs. So I don't, I certainly don't know that that would have happened a year ago. 30 to 3 run late in the game. That is, that's pretty impressive right there now. That doesn't happen much, let alone on the road. And I, I'm still, yeah, I evaluated it wrong. You know, y'all heard my comments last week, but I, I thought, okay. I'm just looking at Tulane. I don't see the size in that front. And with a back like Judkins, you ought to be able to go in there and run the ball. But they couldn't. They couldn't push them around. They figured out another way to win, though. That's what good teams do. Um, Alabama. What? A, here's Nick Saban about his quarterback, Jalen Milrow, who did a lot of good things in his second start as a full-time starter. But they lose to Texas, and he turns it over two times. And regarding his confidence, here's what Nick Saban said. Uh, I think it's important at all positions. You know, the one thing you don't want to do is get frustrated as a player. Um, you don't want one play to affect the next play and to stay positive. But you can say stay positive, but we all have self-talk, right? We all, but you got to believe it. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to do this, but don't believe you can do it. You got to believe and trust in yourself too. So um, I think the players stay positive. They tried to keep their energy level up. They didn't get frustrated in the game, and Jalen didn't either. Uh, but still, you got to trust and have faith, confidence, and doing which coach to do on a consistent basis, and that's going to help you be successful. They felt like he held his confidence. I saw, you know, I went and watched some plays, and you see a lot of good things from Milrow in the game. And the two picks were not good. And certainly the second one was one you're trying to figure out, okay, what do you, you know, you just couldn't see. It's very seldom that a guy can't see the safety. So, you know, there's some there's some there's some turnover issues there with him. You know, they got to get it to a point where the explosive part of his game outweighs that. And um, because he is some more explosive from time to time. All right, over to the phone line, the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. It's More Bully on line one. What's up, More Bully? Matthew, how you doing, brother? Just right. Good to hear your voice. What's up? All right. Hey, man, did you were you able to go and watch the Texas game yesterday? So, yes. Um, okay. I, I watched the, you know, where it kind of cuts out all the in-between and replays. You just watch play after play after yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. And so I skimmed through so it like you, that. Yeah. You, you may not have seen what I was going to ask you about. So I've only talked to one person about this, and they agreed with me. So the dr first drive Texas had, to me, it looked like Alabama was about to kill them. Yeah. I mean, they were hitting them in the teeth. 
Texas couldn't handle it. Um, it was just, I was like, this is about to be all Alabama, and I'm shocked. I even put it in a, a big MSU chat. And then somebody later said, what do you mean they were hitting them in the teeth? And I'm like, whoa. I said, that's past tense, man. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can somehow watch that first drive, I'd love to know what you think about that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I have a rhetorical question. All right, hit me. Where did Saban get that quarterback? Yeah. What do you mean, what do you mean where did he get it? <laughs> I, want, I want our coaches to stay as far away as they can from that, in my opinion. But that's just me. What do you and mean? And also the last thing. Huh? What do you mean? I just don't think he's very good. Oh, okay. I, I think okay. it's a problem. I think it's a problem when in a press conference, QB1 at Alabama says, well, I'm just still learning. That seems like a problem in Alabama to me. And it's going to be a problem. Okay. You can't le- really learn on the job at Alabama, I don't think. Okay. Or really in the SEC, can you? Well, I mean, it's splitting hairs, but you're you're you never know it all, and you're never perfect. You're all, there are always things you can get better at, but maybe that's just a humble answer. But I I I get what you're saying is by the time you step out there in crimson and white and say "hut" on first down of the first snap of the ball game, and it's your show. By the time you get to that, you gotta know what you're doing. Basically, is what you're saying. That's right. Yeah, that's I, right. I understand. Hey, one question. One question I did not have about that uh, Arizona quarterback. You know what that question was that I didn't ask? What's that? How big a boy are you? <laughs> you should have seen their backup. That joker was big. Yeah, he, he was, he's he, thick. He's bigger than Dak. Well, he's thick. I mean, he's not, not very much. He's not he very tall. Like he's Tebow height. Yeah, he's not he's very not tall? No, he's not very tall. Uh, he's But he's I guess thick. I the hair. He, yeah, he had great hair, yeah. didn't he? Flapping out the back yeah. of his helmet. Yeah. yeah. Is he Samoan? You know, I, I don't know. I I just don't know. I don't know the nationality background. He, I mean, with his hair and his complexion, he really looked like it. Yeah. And so did the guy that came with him. Look yeah. that up, why don't you? Okay. All right. We'll do. I, I'm kind of driving. All right. Yeah, don't look at right, it while you're driving. All right, more bully. Yeah, you too. Have good a good week. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, Milro, I think what it is is – I think he is learning. I think he's got a lot to learn, and he's still got a long way to go. But the thing is, he's he's such an incredible athlete. He shows it from time to time, and he still is not 100% confident. And once he gets to 100% confidence, you know, those explosive plays are going to pick up, and then the turnovers will kind of go down. But he's so unbelievably, like, gifted physically that I think they're willing to – to live through some of the developmental stage a little bit. I think that's probably what's going on over there with him. Hey, one last note. Hey, Beaver, one last note. Check this out. On this day in 1963, the final show, the final episode of this show aired. Leave it to Beaver. (laughs) Starring Barbara Billingsley, Hugh Beaumont, Tony Dow, and Jerry Mathers as the Beaver. (laughs) And Jerry Mathers, the only one of those four that's still with us. Tony Dow, who played Wally, he passed away this year. But the final episode of Leave it to Beaver aired on this day all the way back in 1963. Beaver, you could be the new Beaver. Leave it to Beaver.
But didn't you tell me you weren't too fond of that show, I think? Well, I'll be real honest. I can't. Yeah. Remember if I've ever seen an episode, but Can't place it. I've heard it so many times since mm-hmm. 2006 that it's you know, <laughs> everyone's saying, "Oh, leave it to Beamer." It's just gotten it just got old a long time ago. Yeah, you started blocking it out. <laughs> I got it. So maybe I've seen all the episodes, but yeah, I've just heard that phrase so many times that I blocked seeing those out. Just block it out. Yeah. Uh, one other nugget historically. On this day, September 12, 1980, an in-depth report on the death of Elvis Presley aired on ABC's 2020. It raised so many unanswered questions that the official case concerning Elvis's death was reopened. Now, I didn't know that. I'd never heard that. I had no earthly idea that they 2020 caused them to reopen the case back in this day, back in 1980. All right, that's it for today. See y'all tomorrow, same time, same place in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio for B. Ryan Matt. See y'all tomorrow. See ya!